This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. morning. Welcome into the action line from WGNS. This morning, we're going to be focusing on Rutherford County. Our county mayor, Bill Ketron, is with us. Bill, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. How are you today? Doing great. Well, you brought some friends with you. I sure did. I wanted to do a little bragging this morning. Tell us who you brought with you today. I've got uh, Deputy to the Mayor, Steve Sandlin, and uh, our director, Rutherford County Director of EMS, uh, our public safety director, uh, Chris Clark. Chris, good morning to you. Good to have you here. Good morning. Good morning to you. <laughs> uh, we're all here together, and uh, everybody is uh, wearing masks except me, and I'm six feet away. And you all have some plastic between you to. Yes. I don't know if that's to keep germs down, or if you start fighting, it makes it difficult. Well, that, yeah, makes them look a little blurred between, uh, unless you're cleaning the glass, the plexiglass in between. But I wanted to brag a little bit on, on Chris. Uh, they've got a lot on them right now. And what he and his department, working with our Department of Health, is doing, uh, Bart, uh, not just um, uh, rolling out their vaccines here in, in, in Rutherford County. We'll talk about that in just a moment. I'll let him kind of go over what's going on. But just this past week, uh, we started giving the vaccines, and then, of course, over the holidays on Christmas Day, the bomber hit. And, um, you know, so immediately um, Chris calls me and says he's on his way over to open up the um, EOC, and, and everybody started flooding in, all the emergency responders, because the problem was it knocked out every one of our dispatches all across the county, which was a scary time. And... Uh, Chris and his crew, and he brought everybody together as a team, all the different agencies, to make sure that if a fire occurred, heartache, or heart attack occurred, or car accident, or anything else, we were down. There was no way to communicate that, and so they uh, they sprung into action and started getting things done, and telephone numbers disseminated and sent out to people to where we could Rutherford County. Uh, uh, it showed our strength. Chris, that was, uh, everybody thought we were fairly protected and had uh, systems that were backing up each other. We suddenly found out that was not true. And that was correct. Um, you know, a lot of times we rely on contractors such as AT&T to provide these services that um, they provide um, redundant services, making sure that this doesn't happen, however it did, and we had to go to plan B very quickly. Do we have a backup plan now if this should ever happen again? Um, we do, and we would probably do the same thing as we did uh, this last week. Um, when we uh, we determined that we had an issue, uh, which was kind of strange to us because everything was up and moving, um, 
during right after the bombing occurred and within three or four hours later uh, we noticed that we had no service internet phone lines um, immediately I talked to uh, and how this all occurred was I determined that my wife didn't have cell phone coverage mm-hmm. so I talked talked to uh, director C Smith 911 ECD and asked him if he'd heard any outages. He said he did not. Uh, we went and checked on our our uh, dispatch centers across the county. We could not get a hold of them. Uh, we were able to contact a couple of them on a cell phone and then activated uh, some what we call drop lines and uh, put out public safety announcements. We also made some other responder um movements moving uh, equipment and personnel around for even a quicker response i know here at the radio station we have uh, service from both at&t and comcast and our at&t service remained in effect until around 11 o'clock somewhere that's, around that's when and mine then it went, went off that's when uh, mine went off too uh what what was happening i mean we, it went through the bomb uh, what well, happened in that four-hour period? What we had understood was that um, at that facility in Nashville where the bomb occurred, which normally if, if something else would have occurred anywhere else in Nashville, it, it wouldn't have gone down. But because the bomb was right there on top of their, where all their switches were in that building, nobody knew that that was an AT&T building. But the um, when the bomb occurred, that the generators kicked in as you planned for Okay, but because the generators are supplied by natural gas, um, Metro Gas came in and shut off the gas, the natural gas that kept the generators going. So that's why when the bomb occurred early in the morning at 6, we were still able to talk and thought everything was cool. And Am, am I correct, Chris? It, yes, and then you also had other utilities such as water that was flowing through sprinkler systems, water lines through those buildings had were issues as well so not only were we fighting uh, generator issues and uh, backups but then you also had sprinkler systems that were activated that was um there were three feet of water in the basement of that building so that was happening the water was growing from the sprinklers and flooding the equipment but nobody knew it Mm because they i guess couldn't get down there so then it went off (laughs) correct how come it took so long to get it back? I guess it was underwater, and equipment doesn't do well underwater. Correct. No. You know that. Yeah. I would hate to think that this station was underwater. <laughs> exactly. Which I, I, I believe that AT&T did a really good job in trying to restore that from what the conditions were. However, um, you know, we, we still have a lot to learn from this. Um, we... Are, are trying to reach out to our partners in Nashville and find lessons learned. And there's going to be a lot of meetings after this is concerning, you know, planning these events again. And um, But we do that pretty often as far as other infrastructure um, items, whether it's phone, whether it's electricity, um, whether it's health, whether it's, you know, just um, fire, all those kind of things. So we constantly start looking at plan, uh, revising plans and uh, make sure that those plans are accurate. 
Nashville had made a statement that they had uh, a backup, and their backup was AT&T, another part of AT&T, and they finally, I think, made a statement, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I think we all had something to learn from that. Correct. So we do have uh, some other company lines that run into our dispatch centers, and those are the numbers that they saw um, as we scrolled them across the local news and sending out uh, public safety announcements through social media and um, so there are phone lines in our dispatch centers that are um, other providers uh, that we've used for backup so you know at, at least we had those uh, some of these uh, we have some great great telecommunicators throughout the county um, they moved and even used their own cell phones uh, to talk to um, victims or patients that were calling in. And so it worked out. Um, We don't like that to occur, but we have to adjust when we have to adjust. Is our emergency system, the 911 system, is it all back in order and looks pretty secure now? We do have 911. It's not fully operational. Um, so when a caller calls, they need to tell them their location and be accurate with that. They need to tell us what's going on uh, so that we can um, manually type that in. Usually it was a flip of a switch, and we could locate them on a map uh, when that caller comes in. So, you know, yes, will you reach a, uh, a dispatcher if you need help? Yes, you can by dialing 911. Those those uh, telecommunicators uh, will have to do a two or three different steps. When do you think that we'll have it all uh, as it used to be and fully functional? Uh, I don't. I don't vision that it'll be too much longer. Um, some of these systems are coming up across the county. As as everybody knows, they've their cell phone coverage has returned. Uh, their internet has returned and. What we're doing is we're, uh, those systems are up. However, we are holding just to make sure that there's not any other failures and we have to go back to plan B. So that is the emergency that was uh, dropped on us on Christmas Day unexpectedly, uh, as if we needed another emergency because we already were trying to work through the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, which we'll move into now. The biggest part on that is getting the vaccinations out. Uh, The doctors have already started getting their vaccinations. Uh, First-line responders like police, firefighters, and you've been working on that. Chris, tell us how that has gone. It's gone real well. So our public health department is in the lead in emergency management. We help them provide... give them resources, locations, things like that. And we work hand-in-hand with other partners such as EMS, fire, police, and then different cities. Uh, we have Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Laverne all participating. So we, our community, especially our emergency service community, um, we kind of gather around public health and support them because they're the center of focus of attention right now, and they, they need all the help that they can get. Now, will you be coordinating the efforts with other people in the community, uh, the general public, the senior citizens, 
uh, different groups that are in different categories? We will assist state public health. Um, Our local health department will run this. Uh, However, um, emergency management agencies go in to assist public health and get those things. Um, And they... Our public health has worked diligently since March 13th. March 13th was our first COVID-19 patient in Rutherford County. And they've been going strong since. Uh, We owe a lot of um, gratitude to our public health workers, our, our doctors, our nurses, our paramedics, our first responders. And, you know, they've they haven't stopped. Now, who would be the first regular group of citizens to receive their COVID-19 vaccinations? So we've gone from health We are currently still in health care provider uh, phase. And then um, we should start seeing um, school teachers, things like that, that's out there in the general public that would uh, receive those vaccinations. Now, this is guided by the state. This is not guided by the, your local government. Um, so this is a plan across the state. Now, would the teachers and groups like that be getting their vaccinations before persons living in health care facilities, nursing homes, places like that? So your health care, your, your long-term care um, nursing homes, assisted living, they will receive those vaccinations in-house. Their pharmacies should be receiving those vaccinations, and they will take care of those patients uh, within those facilities. What you see at public health is we do, um, and and that's the same way with the hospitals. So anything outpatient, we would, uh, our public health would be taken care of. Okay. What about uh, other persons? Let's see. After that group, uh, are the teachers before that group or after that group? We're trying to sort of get a feel. Everybody's confused over this. It is. It is real confusing, and it's changing. It changes sometimes two times a day. Really? Yeah. It's just uh, uh, Chris and I were talking about it on the way down here about how he talked to to, um, – the state yesterday and how confusing it is for us just trying to figure out what they're telling us they'll tell us one thing on yesterday at four o'clock and and then by 10 o'clock the next morning it's changed again you know so it, it's hard for us to um, with our uh, public information officer trying to get the correct information that changes within a 24-hour period how to how to get that message out on on twitter and emails and Facebook and our website, etc. That must make it uh, pretty much of a challenge, Chris, to do the job if they keep changing the rules. Well, and you know, I don't think that I don't know if in my lifetime I ever recall a, a pandemic and, and inoculating so many people at one time and uh, it's, it's definitely a challenge. You know, our population here in Rutherford County just continues to increase, which puts stress on our infrastructure and things like that. So um, we're working through this this the best that we can here locally, uh, even though this is a worldwide uh, pandemic. And, and like I said, this is state-guided. Um, so, you know, we're not too far away from having uh, what's called 1B population which is our high risk elderly 
um, and then people that have uh, we we would consider high risk cancer patients um, you know has long term health issues so if you have a health issue cancer heart disease any of these issues like that uh, should you be checking with your doctor or I mean how do you make sure that you don't fall through the crack that there's no backup for you and and so we're not at that phase yet uh, we're still at 1A1 uh, and 1A2 um, and then our next phase would be 1B yeah, 1B um, is what again? Uh, your high risk population Okay. 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 Um, once that is released that will be out to the public of when we're going to do that um and also uh we got to have the vaccines on the ground you know so they're not here yet um we do have vaccines that are designated for that those that 1a1 population which is healthcare providers and first responders and then um once um the state releases that 1b population then we'll start with them so we didn't start until last week, Barton. Correct. Right. Given our first vaccine, and, and we're still testing at the health department on Maple Street. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, test twice a week, right? And and then give vaccines three times a week. Correct. And so and and those schedules will change. Um, they changed twice this week already uh, from the state, you know, and we're trying to adjust as as those changes go. Our, our, our are rolled out um you may see a different schedule next week it takes about uh 15 i think in the health and education meeting last night uh LaShawn and and dr mcdonald in their report uh told the the commissioners it takes about 15 minutes to go through the process because there's there's by the time you get the shot there's another wait you can't just drive off uh, you got to wait 10 or 15 minutes after the shot to make sure that you don't have a reaction. So we don't want you out there driving a the car after you get the shot. You know, some people pass out after they get a, a, a vaccination. And there's a follow-up shot also? That's correct, there? in 28 days. Okay. And it's not until that follow-up shot is administered that you're immune to COVID. Yes. Is that, that's is that correct. what you've heard? That's correct. So you get your first shot, and then that starts that process, of mm-hmm. course. And then you, uh, you you get the second shot and kind of boost it up even more. Um, you know, so, um, you know, we have to keep up with the, the patient needs to keep up with when they receive that their first vaccination and when that they need to go back in 28 days with Moderna which that's currently what we have and we're going into uh, another brand here soon it's called Pfizer and it's 21 days Uh, so we have to keep up and it's somewhere you know within those dates that we need the patients to return and and uh, get their second second one of the one of the commissioners asked uh, Dr. McDonald last night well what if you can't get there 28 days from the day that you got your first inoculation and she said there's a Probably a two-day window either side of the time that you're supposed to get 28 days later. So not a whole lot of wiggle room. Not a not a lot. Uh, so you don't need to be traveling out of town or something. You need to be pretty close to, you know, so you can get back in and get that, that, that booster, that second shot. I, I can see people forgetting to come back Correct. on the right day also. Uh, what What is uh, in place to, to help 
they give you they give you a tag. Okay. And um, uh, sometimes the question was asked, well, what if you lose your your piece of paper? They're telling everybody when they get the first one, take a picture of it. That way, you've got a picture when you come when. You, you can remember, but you can't find that piece of paper. You don't right. know where you stuck it, you know, <laughs> fell down in between the seat or somewhere. And so, so at least you got the picture. You can you can go back with it. Send it to your spouse or a relative. Yes. Or yeah, mm-hmm. they said send it to your spouse. Send the picture to your spouse or a relative. Watch so after each other. It, yeah, it's it's all, everybody's in this together. Now, uh, let, let's look over some of the ways that these will be administered, because I know there's a lot of confusion among the public and people are really interested in this mm-hmm. with persons who are living in a nursing home in an assisted living facility uh, an area that uh, works with senior citizens uh, the you know senior citizen uh, communities they stay sen- where they're at they stay where they're at yes, they're, sir. they're administered there CVS or Walgreens will go into those facilities and, and administer just like uh, they're the the Vaccines are drop shipped, I believe, to the Stonecrest and, and to St. Thomas Rutherford. Right. So, what about people who are not living in those facilities, but who would qualify uh, either through age or through diseases that they they may be a cancer patient, they may that'll be have in heart disease. phase three, right? Um, it'll be in phase one B, and and we're approaching that. We're not too far off of that. How far Actually, would you guess? I, I wouldn't even have a clue um, okay. as far as. But things, I will tell you that for me, I think that things are moving faster than what I anticipated. Worrying about, you know, um, when those uh, vaccines would hit the ground, how quickly can we um, move these uh, vaccines out to the patients and, and get them uh, going? So we're running about 90 patients an hour through our public health point of distribution and um that's pretty good um so we can we can move some move some vaccinations but but it's really going to ramp up and i was talking to uh, director clark yesterday about that because uh we're giving those uh vaccines right now and we've got what two thousand vaccines on the on the ground but then when we move into the general population, then they'll start coming through. But then you got a, the 28 days coming in behind it of the first group that you did. So it's really going to escalate. The numbers are going to just multiply within 30 days. So, you know, and, and, and just doing a little math, you know, we have approximately uh, 321,000 patients or Residents, citizens. Mm-hmm. citizens here in Rutherford County. Well, let's just say half of those residents want this vaccination. We're still three, looking at 321,000 doses that we have to uh, distribute as quickly as possible. Tell you what, let's do. Let's pause for just a moment, and then we will come back and we will be in the segment of the show where if you have a question, about the COVID vaccination, uh, you can feel free to ask it. We'll also ask them. Uh, I'm sure one of them has already had the vaccination. We'll find out. And we'll find out what it was like to get the vaccination. Did it feel different from a flu vaccine or uh, any of the other things that we might have had? Stay with us. And if you have a question, we're coming up on the segment that is for you. Stay with us. 
We're loud. We're proud. We're blue. WGNS AM and FM, your home for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. As cold and flu season approaches, one of the best things that you can do to give somebody who is sick is a quart of Demas's chicken and rice soup. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. This soup is my grandmother's recipe, and we have used this soup in order to help our family whenever we are sick. Just gives us a good comfort feeling. One of the things that you can also do is you can now ship that soup anywhere across the United States, and you can order that soup online at DemasFamilyKitchen.com. Hi, this is Dan with Music World and Drummer's Den. I'm the guitar tech here. I do setups and repairs. The setup is where you make your guitar play as well as it ever will, whether you're a professional or a beginner. You need this done at least a couple of times a year to get the most out of your instrument. We also have lessons, $25 for a half hour of keys, anything with strings, and drums. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church, right across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Good morning. Traffic still not too bad as we check it out here on 24 and getting on to 840. There is some traffic headed over towards Franklin, Williamson County. We've seen some radar out here. You're going to see more and more of that over the next uh, 24, 48 hours. Hey, Decatur, your next holiday party, call Princess Hot Chicken or go online, princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Thank you, Chuck. What about that Murfreesboro weather brought to you by Capstar Bank? Mainly cloudy this afternoon, high in the mid-60s. Tonight, increasing clouds. Chance of seeing some rain developing, low near 45. Chance of rain on Thursday. I'm meteorologist Ulora Lockwood on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 52. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Money issues? There's someone local you can talk to. Financial Coaching Radio with certified financial planner Jason Qualls. Weekdays at 4 on News Radio WGNS. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450. And uh, we're talking in this segment about the COVID vaccination, what you need to be doing, what you need to be planning. And uh, we batted out on this next part. I was thinking that with all three of these folks here with us today, that one of them must have gotten the vaccination. Uh, but so far, none of you have. No, sir. Okay. No, sir. <laughs> so uh, I don't know whether, if any of you have had the vaccination, I guess that would be you're a first responder, you're uh, a physician, you're a nurse. Something Is that who have been getting these? Yes. Yeah, so the 1A1 uh, phase is your hands-on deck health care providers, hospitals, doctors, um, first responders. And then we have moved into uh, 1A um, 
1A2, and that is the rest of the health care providers. Now, when you say that's the rest of them, who? Uh, your doctor's offices, things like that. Okay. So any physician, nurses, people mm-hmm. in the doctor's office, uh, and I guess that would even include uh, receptionists because they would be exposed probably just as often as the doctor would. They defined that was, in those in those phases, was the ones that put hands on patients. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is state-guided. Okay. So how is that working? Are they going to the health department, or how do you get this shot? Uh, so we put up, we established emergency management with partners with public uh, health, established a point of distribution for those individuals so that we can move them through um, and get their vaccinations. And like I said, we were doing about 90 an hour. Our public health um, personnel are absolutely uh, fabulous. I mean, they 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 have been through some rough times. They've from testing out in the hot hot sun to um, I went over there at public health to assist them, and they're out there in the snow, sleet and snow. So we've moved them indoors, um, able to locate a site and uh, allow our healthcare providers to move through that site to to get their vaccinations. Now, will this be the same location where the general public will get their vaccinations? Um, um, We are trying to locate that facility where we can be more efficient um, as these vaccinations become more popular or we start um, moving toward the general population. Uh, We're attempting to find that site to where it would be more efficient. It would not shut downtown down just due to traffic um, and make it easier on the individuals that are coming in to get the vaccinations. Now, you mentioned weather. Uh, I'm I'm just thinking that uh, we probably are going to be moving into the, the real winter. I mean, if we're going to have some winter weather, uh, this is when uh, the calendar is going to work uh, against you on this one. And and it does, and so we that's where emergency management comes in to make sure that they have the resources they need, heaters, generators, lights, tents, um, those different types of resources. And then the public health will take care of vaccinations, testing, um, and all the th- normal stuff that they do on a day-to-day prior to the pandemic. So they're, they're still working on that. Uh, we have a great crew. Um, we have great partners. Our, our cities. Smyrna, Laverne, Eagleville, um, Murfreesboro. We've all kind of gathered around them, uh, our public health, and uh, uh, surrounded them and made sure that they have what they need when they need it. And um, it's been a great partnership with all of them. Here's a text from a listener, and they're asking, have any of the elected officials received their vaccinations yet? No, sir. And, and of course, I guess we could, we probably don't know that officially, uh, because some elected officials may be a doctor. Uh, well, I, I would, I, yeah, I would say Brian Terry is the only one at the state level that would be an elected official, and he would qualify in that first one. But none of our county commissioners um, have been issued a letter. We're, it's not our time yet. <laughs> you know, we want to make sure that people like Chris was talking about, uh, the hands-on people who are touching uh, the patients, uh, get those first. Um, I will share with you that um, I, I should be, um, we've been negotiating hard for the last, since last week, 
Um, we're currently at, at Siegel High School inside the gymnasium. But I've been working hard, and I should be signing the um, uh, lease agreement to use the um, uh, former, what do they call it, the uh, collision building where you drive through at State Farm. It's a oh, three-bay yeah. building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're negotiating with them, and, and um, uh, we should be able to get that done hopefully by noon today, and then that will I'll turn that over once – I get the the green light. I'll turn it over to EMA. EMA will work with the Department of Health, and we'll move that over for this time next week. We'll we should be giving the vaccinations through the drive-through, and it's inside the building. There are three bays. Uh, the State Farm is empty right now um, because they've they're going to be selling that building, and um, uh, so that will provide the protection in these next couple of months. The bad weather months as we uh, progress with this and as it gets larger and the parking lots are huge out there so we'll be able to line people up um, you know as they start getting the vaccine so that's going to happen probably next week yes sir when we can that'll be probably the main one for the county i guess yes sir it, it, it will be Will there be other locations uh, for people who are, say, in Smyrna, Laverne, Eagleville, distance from there? Uh, No, sir. We will not have that capability because our public health department doesn't have the staff to separate. Um, Chris is going to have to call in other agencies in Eagleville, Laverne, uh, uh, Smyrna to come in and help because when you start trying to inoculate 320,000 people. It's going to take a lot uh, just for parking, you know, traffic, um, you know, making sure that people don't pull back out on the road and have an accident. Oh, you were mentioning about sitting around for 15 minutes to be sure you don't. There's got to be a stacking area on the backside. Yeah. Uh, Now, here's another question from a listener. They said that they have heard that there sometimes is a fee to administer the shot that some places are charging a fee uh will there be any surprises there well i don't see that um i i I have not heard that there's a fee um anywhere yet um this is provided by the federal government i i do vision that later on as we move through this virus and you know majority of the population has been vaccinated that you would be able to receive this at CVS or Walgreens or any pharmacy as you would the flu shot. I vision that the, over the next few years you'll receive your flu shot. You'll receive your COVID-19 shot. Um, so, um, you know, I think that it will be very popular during this process, the beginning process of inoculations and, and things like that, um, people are going to have to be patient um, and and then practice the social distancing, wearing their masks, washing their hands, things like that. You know, we have uh, our elderly is is uh, very vulnerable. We need to protect them, um, and uh, and that's what we're doing. We have another text from a listener. This one says that they understand that the elderly population would be receiving theirs soon. What about the younger population? What is considered young, and uh, what are the age groups that are impacted there? Um, that's something to, that we are, are looking into. Uh, the state put out a guidance 
as far as um, young adults, children. Um, at this point, I have not heard a minimum age, um, and I'm sure that will be coming as we approach that phase. Um, so that that is another area that we're going to have to determine. You know, what, what what's our cutoff age for the young? Hey, here's an interesting question from a listener. Uh, if a pregnant woman receives her vaccination prior to giving birth, will that go to her unborn child, and will the child be immune at birth? Uh, that's a whole different twist. I hadn't thought And I don't that. have that answer. Uh, that's a public health answer, not a mer- uh, public safety director. S- somebody uh, asked that question doctor. last night at the county commission meeting to Dr. McDonald. Uh, she is with the health department and represents the state, but she's located here. And um, she said there hadn't, in any of the trials, there hadn't been any of of, of that, um, you know, where it would affect the, the unborn fetus or whether it's passed on. Uh, they don't have any knowledge on that. And something else, um, each, about once a week, we've been having conference calls or Zoom meetings with the governor. The governor will get together with the mayor's caucus of all the mayors in the Middle Tennessee area, and they give us an update as well. And this new strain, um, when I talked to the governor's office late yesterday afternoon, uh, they said that this latest strain that's coming in from the U.K., that this inoculation, this vaccine, uh, should provide the same protection. And this vaccine should last about six months. Six months? Yes, Okay, so what happens after six months? I have not. Well, heard I don't know. <laughs> I would dare say that it'll be like the, like the flu shot. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's, it's and, the flu shot. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Uh-huh, yeah, the right. flu shot wears out, and uh, you have to get it again the next year. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Our phone number is six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. If you have questions or comments, give us a shout. You can talk or text. And in reality, the text questions are a whole lot easier to handle simply because uh, we can control them a lot easier. We can put them out once another question has Mm -hmm. been asked. Our number is 615-893-1450. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back and continue the conversation. In fact, we have some questions dealing with public education that we'll go to in just a moment. Stay with us. WGNS talks about all things local. It's Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Weekday mornings at 10 on WGNS, AM, FM, and online. Schedule online anytime. Getting an appointment with Ascension Care Teams at St. Thomas just got easier with online scheduling. Now you don't have to break away from your day to book the care you need when and where you need it. No matter where you are or what you're up to. Whether you're a new patient or if you've been here before, just pick the appointment that works for you. Schedule online anytime at GetSTHealthCare.com. We're talking with Alita Tuma. As a retired audiologist, I was even surprised at how much better I could hear with my new hearing instruments. The Bluetooth feature allows me to hear on the phone, hands-free, and listen to music through my hearing aids while going for a walk on the Greenway. They are rechargeable, so I don't need to worry about batteries anymore. I wouldn't go anywhere else but Dr. Lancaster. 
If you want to be treated like a friend and hear better, go see Hearing Aid and Audiology Services. 608 East Clark Boulevard. This is Ron Hall. When the unexpected happens, Farrah Construction can help you, whether there's a vehicle in your business or your home that's not supposed to be there. It's in the news, a car through the front door. We can board it up where the place is secure and deal with your insurance company to get it back to its previous condition. When the unexpected happens, call Fair Construction Company. This is Ron Hall with Fair Construction. Call 615-893-6120. Mainland cloudy this afternoon, high in the mid-60s. Tonight, increasing clouds. Chance of seeing some rain developing, low near 45. Chance of rain on Thursday. I'm meteorologist Laura Lockwood on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 52. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Turn your fingers into a microphone and talk back. WGNSRadio.com is Rutherford County's online source for what matters to you. WGNSRadio.com. You're unbelievable. Hey, welcome back. Our number is 615-893-1450. Uh, and before we jump into the education question that we have a text on, uh, want to clear up some things. The shots are now being administered where? At Siegel. Okay, at Siegel. Uh, in the gym, is it? Go ahead. Yes, it's in the gym. And it is only for the 1A1 and the 1 now, nobody knows what we're talking about until okay. we... Health care providers. Okay. Yeah, so don't go out there and try to get in. Correct. Right. Okay. So health care providers. Uh, and, and then you're hopefully going to sign an agreement with State Farm? That's correct. And and that would be for future uh, vaccinations? Uh, I, yes, sir. I, I would say that, that we'll probably, if I can get the contract today from their attorney's Working through Nick Christensen, our attorney, we worked late last night back and forth on redline versions of the lease agreement, making sure that there's liabilities and they're going to be protected because we're coming on their premises, et cetera. Uh, we'll get that worked out, and, and then I'll turn it over to Chris and, and let those in the health department, and they'll set that up whenever that's uh, available for them. So I'd say probably next Monday. Okay. Uh, here's an education question dealing with COVID-19. Uh, this is a parent, evidently, and they say that their child is just not getting uh, out of school what they hope they can have. And, and they're concerned that the child is going to have some difficulties in years to come uh, well, because they're not getting the basics that you, they need. You saw this morning or late last night, uh, the governor has requested a special session of the General Assembly, which will start on January the 14th, to discuss this issue. Uh, so it'll be a special session of the general assembly on january the 14th just to discuss educational issues because of covid related uh, problems that's occurring because these kids need that social interaction they their grades are not testing well because they're at home Uh, so um, we'll see what our state legislature has in mind now, is this happening all over the united states or are some states having success I, i haven't heard that barn. I just know that what our governor is, is 
decided to do and talk to our state legislators. Okay. Uh, it's, go a, ahead, Chris. it's definitely a challenge. Huh? I'm married to a school teacher. Hmm. My daughter is a school teacher. Um, we've come from a, a long family of school teachers. And it's it's a challenge not only for the student, the parents, the teachers, the directors, um, the school nurses. Um, you know, those teachers and principals are doing tracing um, for all the students to make sure that they're safe. Um, it's just challenging times right now with a pandemic, and um, we're going to have to have some patience um, as we go through this. Um, I know I'm ready to get back to normal, what that looks like. And uh, there's just going to have to be some patience um, going forward. So if there was a message you wanted to share with the public as we move into 2021, County Mayor Ketron, what would that be? I'm sorry, I was, I said, uh, I was uh, reading since, an update from, uh, from our legal department. Since we're moving into 2021, if there was a message you wanted to share with the community about COVID-19, about the new year, what would that be? Um, that, um, you know, we, our thoughts and prayers go out to all the families who have contracted this and the ones that uh, our citizens that have been lost during this process. But we're still uh, Rutherford strong. And we're going to get through this. Um, we have the, the best of the best in this county. And uh, that's why I brought uh, Director Clark with me this morning. Our health department is outstanding. We, we even lost our director this year uh, at the health department. Uh, she passed away on us with a heart attack. Which, you know, it was just... Um, and we have a... Uh, LaShawn, is, uh, Dixon has is, is stepped up, and she hasn't been named yet by the health department as our new director. Um, but uh, she's doing an outstanding job with the direction under Dr. McDonald from the state. Uh, we're going to get through this. We're going to do it in orderly fashion. Uh, we're, like I say, we're Rutherford strong, and, and uh, it's going to be good. Now, our deputy to the mayor, Steve Sandlin, has been quietly sitting in the back. Steve, do you have any uh, information you'd like to share? Because uh, we've been really getting into this COVID-19 issue. Uh, anything else? that we, we don't want to leave anything out. Well, Bart, you know, it's it's been a trying 2020 and uh, on everybody. You know, our elderly, our, our folks with uh, cancer and stuff. You know, my wife's going through cancer. And, you know, this thing is staying in the house. It's just tough on everybody. And, you know, leave it to the Lord. Uh, he's going to get us through this. And uh, if you're a faith, if you're not, uh, jump in because the, the Lord's going to get us through it. And, and we we bounce off of each other. And keep each other up. Call your parents. Call your your relatives and stuff on the phone. And stay in touch that way. Skype, you know, Zoom, whatever. Uh, something is better than nothing. And those who don't have anybody, your neighbor that you don't ever see, you know, uh, put your mask on. Go over there. Knock on the door. Make sure they're okay. You know, and just conversation sometimes helps helps people get through the day. So it's better than watching all the junk on TV. That's for sure. And so you're right. That's you know, that's just being point. neighborly, and it might just be a, a hello, how you doing, or making sure you're okay, and that just makes that person get through the day. So um, let's uh, act like human beings and and uh, depend on one another. And we're gonna get through this thing, like the mayor said. Just hang in there, and let's let's all get through it together. We can do it. Very good, uh, Mayor. Any other thoughts? Because we have about twenty seconds. 
No, sir. Uh, thank you, and we'll be back in touch and let you know. And, and uh, thank you for uh, helping us. And once we get more definite information, we'll try to keep this station in, informed so we can keep uh, your listeners informed. We'll let everybody know. Absolutely. Our County Mayor Bill Ketron with us this morning, along with Deputy to the Mayor Steve Sandlin, and, of course, our Emergency Director is uh, has been with us also, Chris Clark. Much more to come here on WGNS Murfreesboro. Truman is next. Stay with us.